All right, how many of you have enjoyed last night and thus far tonight? Give the Lord praise in the church house. The Bible says, the Lord hath given me a new song. I'm glad I lost my old one. I'm glad I've been singing a new song ever since the third Sunday night in September, 1968. I'm glad I can testify tonight the new one sounds and looks like a whole lot better than the old one. I give God praise and glory for every one of you. I appreciate you running through the shower. Some of you hadn't seen a shower since Sunday. You picked up a biscuit or something and downed it and tried your best to drink a Coca-Cola and come on to the church house. And I appreciate you being here. I keep wondering when this choir is going to sing. We got a choir. We got a choir. And I, I, they back there. I can, I can hear them breathing. But, 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 but I, 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 and I heard them singing with you, and they did well. Maybe next time I come, y'all can sing something by James Brown or the Supremes or somebody. Somebody I know. The Supremes was acid rock when I was a boy. Now they're just love songs. But I do appreciate you coming. And let me say this. I appreciate your stand with your preacher. He is one of the finest young men around. He's one of the favorites in our Bible school. And every class he teaches is packed out, and they appreciate Brother Edwards coming the distance and sharing the gospel. And I hope you'll stand with him. I have some people down at the church that are not all the way saved yet. They got just a little left in them. I don't want to bring them up here and turn them loose so y'all need to be good to Brother Edwards because it'll be under the cover of darkness in a ragtag school bus. I'll put them out at your door. I'll tell them don't come back without blood. So be good to Brother Edwards. If you are as good to him all the time as you are us some of the time, he ain't got no problems. But it's easy to put on the dog when company comes. I know that dog. He barks down at our place. It's a whole lot easier to act right and do right when, you, when, 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 when company comes. But when company leaves, we need to still be good to our company. Amen. To one another. And to the glory of God tonight, I believe I can truthfully say that God is honoring your unity. The little girl came and got saved last night, and that is a testimony that the Spirit of God is here. And he don't hang out where junk does. He don't sponsor junk. He didn't create junk. And he ain't putting up, he won't hang out and do much where junky Christians live. And I'm glad to know the Holy Ghost being here and saving someone was a vibrant testimony to the glory of God. <clears throat> the Bible says in John chapter number 10, the thief, verse 10, the thief cometh but to steal and to kill and to destroy but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly write this down in the fly leaf of your Bible the phrase more abundantly the two words that strike our theological attention out of that, out of that verse is this 
It means life. Those two words mean this. In the Greek text, it means life above the commonplace. That means God doesn't just give you breathability. God doesn't just give you existence. But he comes into your life and gives you life above, abundantly above the commonplace. I'm glad tonight that there is a place for us to live above the commonplace. Look at, uh, you don't have to go there, but let me read a verse to you in 2 Timothy 1.14. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost. Paul telling Timothy here, you got a good thing when you got Jesus. You got a good thing when you got in with him. Now keep that good thing, hold on to it, set a sentry over it, watch it, be diligent with it, and you do it by the power of the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. I want to take just a moment, if I can, my, my, my time that God has appropriated for me tonight, and I want to talk to you about that new building. I want to talk to you about your future. I want to talk to you about what's important. I want to tell you what builds churches. I don't know much, but I go too much to stay ignorant on this subject. I see people doing half of it right. I see people doing half of it wrong. The people that are doing it right, I watch them. The people that's doing wrong, I pray for them because there's not a whole lot I can do. But I am glad and thankful that what I see here is not perfection, but I, 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 I see possibility here. I see God's anointed ability bringing a Holy Ghost uh, capability and possibility to this community through this congregation. Susan alluded to it. I want to say amen. God has touched your testimony in this area. God has encouraged you. And I hope tonight that you will listen. I'm going to give you two or three things this evening as the Lord would direct us on what God wants as you move over there. How many of you are here tonight, members of this church? Would you raise your hand? Well, that's the bulk of you. The rest of you that are not, take this home with you. Take this back where you go to church. Develop an attitude about it. Let it encase you about. Let it surround you. Take it in mentally and and become capable of using it. Let the Holy Spirit touch you tonight on this subject as you move from here to over there. It's easy when you make a move to lose things. It's easy when things change and become different. It's easy for things to lose their sharpness because friction can be uh, developed when something is moving. As long as something is sitting still in its normal state, normal habitat, it is not going to take on dullness. It's not going to take on uh, a, a, a place of losing its brilliance or its sharpness. But when it starts friction and starts moving, that's when you have to watch out and be careful that the surface of it is not destroyed because of its movement. God's going to take you into that fellowship. Uh, God's going to take you into that auditorium. Uh, some of you thought you'd never get here. One of them is probably sitting right here. Thought you'd never get to where you are and here God is before you could get there and get comfortable. He's already given you another address. 
It's vital that you move correctly. It's vital that you move by command. It is vital that you move under the instrumentality of the Holy Ghost. It is important that you move in and with and by the Spirit of God. And as you go, number one, listen to me, don't leave your happy over here. Take your happy with you. The Bible says happy or blessed. Psalm 32.1 comes to mind. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven and whose transgressions are covered. When God comes into your life, he installs happiness. I didn't know what happened. I thought a Budweiser brought it to you. I thought, I thought you could smoke a joint and toke on, on weed and, 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 and you, you could find you a momentary uh, brevity of some kind of a stimuli, but I'm talking about a happiness that'll take you through the dark times and I'm talking about a happiness that'll take you through the bottom times and I'm talking about a happy that'll take you through the valley. I'm talking about a happy that'll put a smile down in your heart, not just on your face. I'm talking about a happy that's real, a happy that's genuine, and a happy that's for us. Don't leave your happy over here. Why? Because people are not looking for churches who are hunting happy. People are looking for churches who got them some happy. I was watching my panda bear friend back here before the service doing a little jig and a little dance. Bless my heart. Thank God he went, he didn't like y'all. He said you were dead beats and dummies and impossible and, and, and Presbyterian and Methodist and cold Baptist. He came over here on the Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue-talking side of the church house. He, he made me want to get up now. I, I'm 64. I ain't getting up. You get up here, you lose your seat. Say amen right there. I thought about it a couple of times, but I got over it. Don't ever be afraid to express joy. Don't ever be afraid to be happy. Don't ever be scared of joy and elation. It is high time that we quit looking like our driver's license picture and started, bless God, acting like we knew something about the one who can change the heart and change the mind. I'm glad tonight to know that God didn't bring me here to kill me. He didn't bring me here to assassinate me. He didn't bring me here to make me a wooden Indian. He brought me here to give me life above the commonplace, life full of joy, life that'll put a bounce in my step and joy in my cold heart at times. Can I say something to you? We need some happy in here and we need to take our happy from here out of here. And we don't need to let nobody talk us out of it. We don't need to let nothing steal our joy. Just get happy from the time the service starts until you get in your car, praise God. I just go ahead and shout the victory that you come to a place where the Bible's still held up where prayer still works on an altar and people still come and get saved like they did last night. Somebody give the Lord a well-deserved hand clap of old-timey praise. You say, but preacher, I just ain't built that way. Remodel. Preacher, I got too many troubles to shout. How do you know that your shout can't whoop, not whip? In North Carolina, you whoop people. You whip them in Georgia. That's just barely a spanking. When you whoop something, 
you whoop up on it. How do you know that your praise was not installed in you in order that your life might whip and, and, and beat up on your persecution and your persecutors? How do you know that your shout wasn't brought here to bring you through and to take you on into your future? Don't let people, don't let people, don't let people, don't let people steal it from you. Don't let them take it away from you. Uh, I, I, I had, a, I, I had a, a, a story here, a joke that illustrates this. There was, a, there was a boy that was in college. And I might have told you this if I did laugh anyway because I'm a guest. <laughs> Treat people right, they'll come back. And he went, went to college and he was taking, he was taking a class on, on, on uh, identifying animals and birds and such and the like. And he was told uh, in, in the class this particular day, tomorrow we're going to have a test and we're going to recognize birds here in the classroom so I want you to go home on page so-and-so to page so-and-so. Study the bird's looks, and tomorrow you'll identify them in a test. So the next morning they come in, and there's five cages up there with a cloth draped over every one of them, and all you could see was the bird's legs. That's what I thought when I heard it. It's the Pentecostal side. <laughs> All you could see was their legs. He said, start identifying these birds. Well, every one of their legs looked basically the same. The guy looks and he studied all night plumage. He studied feather colors and beaks and all of that. And, and he, all he gets is legs. He stood up in the class and said, what kind of class is this? Nothing but legs. He picked up his book, slammed them, grabbed them up in his arms. He said, I'm out of here. I'm done with this class. He starts out. The professor hollers at him, hey, boy, what is your name? So I can cross you off the list. He said, guess. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, it's okay to laugh in church. You ain't going to break. He's fine with it, so don't worry about it. If he ain't, I'll whoop him after church. Sometimes people will bring situations into your classroom and they'll teach you things and moderate things in your life and all of a sudden they will bother you and irritate you and make you wanna quit and make you wanna give up. I'm gonna tell you, don't you let a teacher, don't you let a preacher, don't you let a singer, don't you let no one in any role or place of leadership ever cause you to think uh, that life is less than what God can make it for you because if you'll just give God glory and praise and thanksgiving, he will come through for you. Give him praise in the house of God tonight. Take your happy. John thirteen seventeen is a verse I memorized as a young Christian. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. <laughs> you know you're supposed to get happy. You know church ain't a dead place. You know lifting your hand don't mean you got a question. 
And you know that Jesus don't bring joy. Jesus is joy. He comes into our life and he doesn't bring joy to us. He is joy. And him living in me means I have joy living in me. Now, what does the drug addict need? A picture of what really makes you happy. What does the prostitute need? She needs to know that Jesus gave himself so she wouldn't have to sell hers. What, 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 what does the homosexual need? He, 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 he or she needs to know that they are loved by the heavenly Father enough to give them joy of acceptance in the Holy Spirit. They don't have to hunt it in a trash bin with the same sex. What does the whoremonger need? He needs to see that somebody can get happy without raping somebody else. Where are they gonna learn that? Not at Walmart, not at Kmart, not at Kroger. You're not gonna learn that at the finest food store, at the finest clothing store. You're going to find that in a place where God's children take up their happy every time they come and they take it with them wherever they go and they praise God unashamedly and they're not scared of happy. They're not afraid of happy, but they welcome happy with a smile into their worship. It's high time some church folks started doing a little bit more than just sitting and and staring like a sheep looking at a new gate. Uh, It's high time some folks decided, I'm going to let my salvation work for me while it works on me. I'm going to let God do something for me so somebody else can see that there's joy, unspeakable, good, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Down at the house, we're called that church. I almost put it on the sign. I was called that, much, that, that so much. Oh, y'all go over there to that church. We, 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 we know him. We, we came there to a funeral. And we thought he was going to steal the body. We've been there to weddings over at that church. And he did everything but get them two people hooked up. He just preached the house of fire on the home and preached the house of fire on companionship and preached the house of fire on love over at at that church. Let me say something. For a long time, I didn't like that phrase because I thought it was criticism. Then one night the Holy Spirit took me to, to, to church and began to show me and began to teach to me knowledge and showed me this, that if you are never called that church, you ain't much of a church at all. If you ain't never been called that bunch, you ain't much of a bunch at all. If you ain't never been called that crowd, you ain't never been called much at all. I'll tell you right now, if Jesus came to Kannapolis to go to church, he'd go to that church. If anybody can't take spitting on this, that boy right there. But I love to spit on him when I'm preaching. Now let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Are you going to formality or are you going to fellowship? Are you going to walk in and say, praise God, let's just stand up in these chairs all at one time and just clap our hands and shout and say, ain't the Lord been good to us over here at this church? We're on the inside looking out, shouting the victory, giving God glory and praise and adoring his name because he took us from that 200-seat auditorium over there to that 650-seat auditorium. But we ain't gonna let 650 seats 
deter us from the happy of the 200 seats. We're going to give us 400 more people. We're going to teach them how to be that crowd. And we're going to get in those chairs. And we're going to talk about that, Jesus. And we're going, we're just going to let the Lord have his way. It must be the goatee. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. When you move from here to there, leave the carpet. It's okay. We can buy some more. When you go from here to there, leave this pulpit. Or if you got another one, or if you're going to use another one, you're going to use this one, you may want to, you may leave this. It's okay. It's all right. When you go over there, you may want to leave the, leave, uh, it's these yawns. I don't care. <laughs> these bushes. These Walmart Pharisee bushes. You don't even have to water them. They're just like some of y'all. Been here for a while, ain't done much. Hey, I sure am glad to know tonight, hallelujah, you may leave the rug, you might leave the small speakers, you may leave the pulpit, you may leave the piano, but let me tell you something you better take up and take with you, and that is your joy that God gave you, and your happy that God gave you, and the goodness of God that God stirred in your life. I have a pacemaker. (laughs) My boy has a pacemaker. He got his when he was 18. I waited till I was on Social Security before I could pay for one. We're trying to get his mama to get in on the club, but she has no heart. Heartless woman. I have a pacemaker. Chris has a pacemaker. His cholesterol will be two points from mine every three months. We have the same issues, same problems. We go to the same group of doctors, but we don't have the same doctor. But mine told me one day, he said, preacher, not a Christian. He said the worst thing you can do when he put this thing in He's done replaced the battery three times. I burn them up quicker than snot. He said, the worst thing you can do is worry about that pacemaker. Just leave it alone. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you've been doing. It will take care of your problem. He said, keep your life going. Don't let this thing interfere with it. Then he told me this. He said, in your body, he said, cholesterol is not all of it. I believe with all of my heart, it is God's will to fry a chicken and not bake it. You bake cookies. You fry a blessed chicken. And if you can't squeeze grease slammed down to your elbows, it ain't healthy. Any woman that fried chicken and it be greaseless and you can't pick him up and get a half a pound of lard out of his wing or his leg, I ain't gonna spit on you, or or, 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 or his thigh, if you can't get some grease out of that chicken, throw him down, he's an imposter. An imposter. He told me, he said, cholesterol is not your problem. He said, the problem is when people worry over the things that bother them and their veins constrict and get smaller and the plaque builds up in a smaller vein instead of a larger one, it would pass through. But depression and dissatisfaction and heartache that we all go through at times, but not all the time. You can't let it 
beats you happy. You, 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 you got to let happy out. Every once in a while, he's like a puppy. He wants to be free. He wants to, he wants to play. He, he wants to be involved. You can't be sad all the time. He said, but those veins constrict. And he said, it makes it easy for them to block. So I said, you're telling me that fried chickens of the Lord He said, I'm telling you this. He said, there is in your body an enzyme called catecholamine. Took me six months to memorize that word. You had better give me some credit. Thank you very much. And he said, catecholamine. And he told me this. He said, every time you laugh, Every time you express jubilation, there is a, there, there is a spurt. Y'all know that word in North Carolina? A spurt. I didn't say a squirt. That's your boy up here. I'm talking about there, 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 there is a, 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 an enzyme that releases called catecholamine that brings healing through the body in the blood. <laughs> That's better than Benny Hinn. I said, Doc, the Bible backs that up. He said, how so? I said, it says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Let me ask you something. Is you happy wanting out? You got the gate locked because you're playing with another puppy called depression. Nobody takes it lightly, but nobody has to take it all the time. Sometimes the only place that God gives me freedom is in the household of faith. Preaching God's word, just like tonight. This is therapy. I'm at the counselor's office. I'm building up my most holy faith. God is helping me because my happy is out of the cage. And God is letting him do something for me. Let me ask you a question tonight. When you leave from here and go over there, Will you take your happy with you? Brother Mike, I've seen a whole lot of people make a whole lot of moves. And not every move is a good one because not every move is incorporated with what you had before you moved. If you got enough people by doing what you're doing now, if you got enough people to have to move, then take the people you got and move with them. But keep what got the people there so that you can keep the people moving as the people move over to the church. God don't make me say that twice. This church has not just been built on preaching, but it has, but not just preaching. It is not a, it is, it is not a bombastic music-built congregation. Great musicians come and Great musicians sing in this choir that I have never heard in my life. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what builds churches. Great joy. Because during, before, and after every service, people don't want to know what you know and they don't want to know who you are and what you can do until they know how much you care and love and appreciate Jesus enough to tolerate them and include them. I'm going to give you, I had four, I'm only going to give you two. Why? Because I'm tired. My catecholamine has run out. 
you wore me out before the church service, boy, standing back there doing your little skippity hop. <laughs> Bothering people. <laughs> Acting like a Christian. What's wrong with you? This is a Baptist church. Shut up and sit down before I knock something up. Never mind. <clears throat> Take your happy when you go. Now listen, I'm just going to give you this one and then pass on. Leave your grudge. There is no room in this building for any more people. That's evident by those lovely folks that have helped us out by sitting in the fellowship hall. This place is not, it, it is full of people. There is no room for grudges. If you put a grudge in here tonight, it's going to cause an issue because people are in here and people is why Jesus died, not grudges. If you go to a Baptist church long enough, somebody's going to give you some reason to want to slap them. Can I get a witness? There's been two or three here this week I've wanted to whoop, but I hadn't because I'm trying to control myself till Tuesday. I think I have made it. Glory, hallelujah. But if you go very long somewhere, somebody is going to give you a reason not to want to be around them, but you must leave that kind of thing here and bury it in the place of old and behind you and walk into that new building and saying, I am not only going to a new auditorium, I'm taking me a new person, a new purpose, and a new possibility with me, and I'm gonna let God start something in my heart that will never do anything but help build this congregation. Number three, learn how to go deep in Jesus so that when the winds blow over there, you won't be blown out. And the winds are going to blow. The winds are not going to be still. The winds of difficulty, the winds of temptation, the winds of trouble, the winds of trials, the winds of confusion, they're going to blow. You're going to come to church and rejoice and enjoy God and the devil's going to see to it if you come very often. He's going to see to it that the winds start blowing and you have got to be planted deep enough in Christ that so that when your, your depth is greater than your height because it's not how high God makes you that makes you stand, that means more of you is exposed to blow over. One fellow told me this one time. I've never forgotten it. It, it, it. As far as I'm concerned, it's profound. He said, son, it is not the heights of your heights that make you something, but the heights of your depths that help you stand. It's not how much we can see of you on Sunday. It's how deep do you go to fortify what we see. You got to get your Bible open. You got to get your body in church and in Sunday school and in Bible teaching and under the sound of the gospel of Christ so that you can learn in these blowing away days. How many of you know people that used to come here that got blown away? How many of you know some, somebody in that church where you was before that's got blown away? You've seen them down at the store recently and, 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 and they look like death warmed over and they, they ran from you down the next aisle and didn't want to talk to you about Jesus because they knew exactly what you was going to talk about. And they're blown away. You know what happened? Too much of them was visual and not enough of them was deep. Learn your Bible over there by taking it with you. Learn the grace of God by going in it over there. Learn 
the mercy of the Lord and how God's going to take care of you in these last days. Now listen, if you turn the TV on today, we got all kind of wars and rumors of them. If they ain't fighting, they're talking about it. Gaddafi and the whole crowd, I mean, they're eating bombs for breakfast in Libya. They're serving them with mustard and ketchup for supper. I mean, they're just bombing this one and bombing that one. And Iraq is full of our, our boys and Afghanistan and those mountains and them dusty desert graveyards over there. Those boys are fighting and those boys are doing what they can. To God be the glory. I'm glad I'm an American. To God to be the glory. I'm glad I am free and I'm glad I am a support to whatever God does with them there. But if you don't even believe the Bible, read it and see how much of it you can agree with. You don't have to believe it to understand it. I read the Bible to a boy the other day. He said, I don't believe that. He said, I said, I don't care. Do you understand it? The Bible says, for all of sin come short of the glory of God. He said, I don't believe that. I said, well, do you understand it? Well, let me read it. He read it and he said, yeah. I said, what did it say? He said, if, if, if you don't know him, it's, it's, it's going to be a problem. Fall of sin. Everybody, everybody's sin comes short of the glory of God. It just means we've sinned and we're not what God wants us to be. I said, you understand that? He said, yes. I said, then it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You understand it. And it's dangerous to understand it. Because believing it, God gives you that, that, that courage to do so. But understanding it, you have the capability in your mind to understand it. But if God ever lets the seed get in the seedbed of your heart and mind, I promise you this, something going to grow and something going to multiply. The depths. I want a blessing. I've been saved 43 years. I've been pastoring in the same little pea patch for 36 this past Christmas. I like it. If you're here tonight and you're shaking your little Mickey watch wondering when are we leaving? I ain't got one to shake, number one. And number two, if I had one, I wouldn't shake him real hard because I'd be afraid I'd find out I had to leave. I sure am glad for church. I'm glad for the choir. I'm glad for the congregation. I'm glad for the singers. I'm glad for the Holy Ghost. I'm glad for the Bible. I'm glad for praying. Hey, 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 I'm glad of it all. So you came over here for nothing. You was going to come over here and not like it. And I liked it for you. I hate it when that happens. I had 60 people. I'm done. I had 60 people. It was a Sunday. When you have 60 people, you do it all. Turn the lights on, you turn them off. You clean up, you mess up. You mess up, you clean up. You do it all. Because out of 60 down there where I was, 40 of them I had to get them out of jail on Sunday to preach to them. <laughs> and this crowd here don't look like you a virgin to bars. <laughs> Hello. And one Sunday afternoon, I mean a storm came up. And I... I literally, with, with 60 people, you can't get 35 of them to come to church. If you can get half of 60 to come to church on Sunday night in a small congregation, you're brilliant. And this tree, I mean a big old pine tree, fell out in the road. Just fell out in the road. Fell out in the road. And I, I went down there. Somebody called me and said at the house and said, there's a tree blowed over at the church. Well, why can't you call a deacon? They want to do everything else over there. Why can't they go down there and inspect that tree? No, they didn't. And so I, w I went down there, and every church needs a redneck. Not everybody needs to be a redneck. But you need at least one or two. A good redneck knows how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> they, 
they told me about a redneck down at our house that day. said, you can tell a redneck by, they'll go into the frozen food department and stare at the concentrate orange juice. Blonde-headed people pick up, but it's a tad late. <laughs> and, and this old boy would stare at you. He'd concentrate. Did he have to tell you, honey? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's okay. You're blonde. <clears throat> uh, uh, and so... I went down there and old Roy, Roy Willis, he came riding up in a power truck and he got out, he's a, he's a thoroughbred, card-carrying, AKC registered redneck. Got a gun in the back of the company truck. Got red man up on the dashboard, mad cause he can't take it in church. Would if he could find a place to spit. And we, 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 he, he got his shirt up. He get, he, and he starts, he starts trimming up, but he can't get the trunk, the trunks out. I mean, it's a, it's a big one. But finally, we got enough of the top of it out to get cars by it. So we had church that night, a handful of us. And old Roy came up to me after church. He said, Brother Brown, he said, if you'll go down there to Mr. Mackey's house, he said, never mind, I'll tell him to call you tomorrow. Mr. Mackey was a pulp wooder. A pulp wooder. And so the next morning I went to church and you do it all. You answer the phone. I am the secretary. I am the preacher. I am the maintenance guy. And, and, and I picked up the phone, I said, Victory Baptist Church, like it was a great crowd of people was here yesterday. Victory Baptist Church sounds like some institution that's doing something for God. 35 of us here yesterday. Victory Baptist Church, he said, and you the preacher? I said, say what? He said, you the preacher? I said, I can't hardly hear you. I don't have a clue what you're saying. He said, you at the church? Well, where did he call? I said, yes, sir, I'm at the church. I said, who is this? He said, I'll be down there in a minute. Hung up. In a few minutes, a log truck. Have you ever seen a log truck that was painted to where you could say it was green or blue or red? No, in the factory, when it's coming down the line, they take ball bats and beat those trucks to death. They have little bitty midgets, skinny midgets that beat people with them ball bats and beat them trucks with them. Just knock, they put the lights in and knock them out. They have an inlighter and an outlighter. Blam! They just bust them. And when they come out the end, they look like the Battle of Armageddon went off in the seats. I ain't never seen a pulpwood truck that you could tell what color it was. And do any of them have doors on them? Or glass in the windows? Somebody in here has got an uncle. I know you do because I can look at a redneck crowd when I know, I know one when I see it. Somebody in here has got an uncle and in his pocket, uncle may be here tonight and if he is, he got a set of keys to a truck. Just like what I'm talking about. He come up the road. I heard him coming way before he got there. <laughs> I found out later he didn't even he didn't even have a clutch in the truck. He, he he'd just put it where he didn't have to back up. He'd put the key in and turn it. It'd just take off. No clutch. God is my witness. No clutch. He he stopped it in the front door. I was in there looking out. You don't open the door on Monday morning. 
to somebody that looks like they beat him with the baseball bat while he was in the truck. <laughs> and I looked out the window and now that truck was poles leaning over and sticks and red flags tied on a string on the back so you ain't supposed to run into him. What in the name of God is a red flag going to do with a bunch of rednecks dry? He come and beat on the door. Had a pair of overalls on. You know, got them buttons on the side so you can loose them and get to everything. You know that's why them two buttons. Don't look at me like you don't know what two buttons on overalls is. Scratching. I'm talking about overalls, mountain people. He waddled up there, he bam, 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 beat on the door and I come to the door and there he stood. He had at least, at least 10 pounds of tobacco in his jaw. His jaw was so shiny, I promise you, you could have seen him in the dark. Big old, big old what? And he spit right when I opened the door. Killed in Isaiah. Killed it dead, as a, just dead away. Killed it. I said, sir, can I, can I help you? He said, no. I come to help you. I said, you're the guy Roy told me about. Up the street. Killed another one. He said, that's me. So, I can just tell by looking at this crowd, I can preach this. I can preach this. I, I, can, I, I can preach this. Don't look at me like you don't know what that is. There's girls in here that chew. And that's her right there. This crowd, well, want them now, Jesus. Pin them down. We got them, Lord. When the girls go to chew in, God knows we need some preaching. He, 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 he just chewing. I thought, my God, I've never seen nobody with that much stuff in their mouth. He said, Get in. I said, say what? I'm standing there looking through this log truck. It ain't, it ain't even got a seat on this side. It's got a five-gallon rear-end dope container that's empty, turned over on its top, and had an old, dirty, nasty cushion on it. He said, get in. I, I looked over at his seat, and it had two springs sticking up. I have no idea how he lived through a ride to the church. I said, I hadn't walked today. I never walk. I think people that walk's going to hell. I don't walk. I walk from the refrigerator to the bedroom. That's as far as I'm going. I ain't walking. I ain't walking. I ain't eating no baked chicken either. Talking about, sing about leaving and going to heaven and then eat like you want to stay here the rest of your life. <laughs> Let's eat some chicken and get with the program. And, and I, I said I hadn't walked today. So I started walking down the hill to that tree. That's when I seen what he did. He just cranked. I mean, no clutch. Clutch pedal was banged up against the firewall. He left. He went down that hill. He's in second gear. I heard someone say, boom. He just hit a tree. That's how he stopped it. Wasn't no brakes on it either. If you ain't got a clutch, you ain't got no brakes. Come on, y'all. When I got down there, he was in them overalls. 
You know how it go. Your uncle. And, and, he, and, 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 and now, listen close. Don't miss this. Because I want you to take it home with you. Listen close. I said, trying to make conversation with the redneck, I said to him, what happened to the tree? He said, it fell down. That's exactly what he said to me. Well, being a Baptist preacher, I couldn't let well enough alone. I had to go ahead and continue the stupid conversation. I said, is that right? And just why did it fall down? He said, because it got tired of standing up. It got tired of standing up. I laughed till I thought I was going to wet. I mean it. I just thought I was going to. If you don't know what that means, see me after church. At the tape table. Not I thought I was about done. He said, y'all cut all these trees out from around this old big tree. He said, and the wind hit it. It was too tall. And it couldn't balance itself because its root wasn't deep enough. And the big tree fell because the big tree didn't have any root system. Listen, right here. Let me ask you a question. How deep is your life when the wind blows? You're going to have to go deeper than you are tonight to make it to midnight over there. I'll come back next year, I hope. Was overalls a little much for you, Michael? Okay. Come on back and I'll, I, let me come back and I'll do better than that, all right? I won't spit on you. Spit on Jeff, but I won't spit on you. I'll come back next year, the Lord willing. He may come back this year. I'll come back next year, and will we be over there by next year? <laughs> Hallelujah. Will I see you happy over there? Amen. Are you going to get caught up in the vacuum? Of Piedmont. Is that the name? Piedmont. Piedmont. Baptist. With a big B now. Baptist. Now you need to get you a box of tissues. And you need to blow your nose real good about every 30 minutes because you shouting and praising God so much it's running. And let Happy Jack back there just run down the middle aisle and enjoy having the Catholic slapped out of him. Take your happy, but leave your grudge. Don't hold nothing against nobody. And number three, go deep. Only the people of this generation that go deep in Christ are going to make it through the winds of this generation. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. He's coming. But until he does, take what you got and go for him. Amen? Our Father, we love you. We thank you tonight for your goodness. We're grateful that you spoke to us on what to say, told us on what you wanted us to do. I love these people, and I thank you for them, and I love this preacher. His dear wife, one of the nicest girls I know anywhere, and their baby and babies soon to be, I pray you'll bless them. Cause them not to fray and to fall under the load. Cause them to be able to stand tall and to stand erect and give God glory and praise even though the load is heavy. Watch over them and care for them. Watch over this church. And when they, when they go into their Jerusalem, when they go into their new place, when they go into new beginnings, 
when they go into that new spot here in a few short weeks, I pray in Jesus' name that first service will be so electrifying that they'll run the devil, slam out of the county, and that they'll stand together, united in Jesus' name, and not give up or quit, but be found faithful when Jesus comes in their future with the things they had behind them that God wanted them to keep. Now we don't have room here tonight to give invitation. But I wonder how many of you would bow your head with me and you'd pray something like this. Lord, prepare us for the journey. Lord, make us ready for our future. Take us from where we are to where we'll go but let us go nowhere without you. Holy Spirit in power. Cause our church to move forward in grace and mercy. And may the Lord Jesus be magnified, magnified in this congregation and in this community because of this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand if you're glad you heard God's truth tonight. God bless you. I've appreciated it.